Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast. Kevin Boyle, the head coach of Mount Verde Academy, is our guest today. And you want to talk about excellence. You want to talk about an incredible high school coach. Morgan Wooten was a great friend of mine, maybe the best high school coach of all time. Kevin Boyle is fast approaching it. Uh, Morgan uh, is in a class of himself, but Kevin Boyle with the modern day player, what he is doing with players going from almost from one year out to the NBA from his program, absolutely incredible. You're going to hear about how he runs his program, why defense is such an important part. Hey, after these quick timeouts, come back and learn and get a little smarter from Kevin Boyle. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and a fabulous guest today, one of my dearest friends for 30 years, Kevin Boyle, the head coach of Mount Verde Academy. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brendan. I appreciate it. Well, you know, a lot of people, just as a disclaimer here, a lot of I'm in Baton Rouge. Kevin's in beautiful Mount Verde, Florida, about 10 minutes from where I used to live in Windermere. And, uh, you, know, and uh, you know, was it 2011 when you came to Mount Verde? Probably. 
Uh, yeah, 2011, that was uh, my last year. I was at St. Patrick's, Patrick's in New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess Michael Kidd Gilchrist was the last year I coached there. And then I was been here for 10 seasons, starting my 11th now at Montford Academy. And so it was always, uh, always, always fun. And then, uh, and, and the disclaimer being, uh, why am I in Baton Rouge instead of Windermere, Florida, and coming up and being your assistant every day at, at Mount Verde, <laughs> which would have been a hell of a good job, is that uh, Kevin is the reason that I came to LSU. And, uh, and you know, we probably should have had a job placement search for that one. But, uh, you know, when, when Kevin had Ben Simmons, uh, the number one high school player in the country, uh, going to LSU and uh, one of the Eric Musselman left to become a head coach at uh, Nevada. And uh, one of the things that LSU and staff had talked to him about is they wanted to give him proper training to develop since he was going to be a one-and-done player. And they needed a guy with NBA experience. And Kevin was the one that basically said, this is the guy to hire. So, my brother, thank you so much for that. And uh, now i got to get you to get me another job to get the hell out of here. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, but, but, uh, nah, I appreciate it. Obviously, with all your experience and knowledge uh, from your uh, you know, terrific NBA career, it was uh, you know, a good fit and uh, you know, helped Ben while he was there, obviously. And um, you know, so I was happy to do that. Uh, you know, when I had the pleasure of having him for a year and uh, – and I think you and I both know this, you know, having worked with, you know, you've worked with some of the best NBA players now, but certainly the best high school players. And I have have 15 players, I think, that are in the Basketball Hall of Fame that I've coached in the NBA. The hardest thing to do is to coach great players. That's what I tell coaches at clinics all the time. Um, and the reason I say that is because they're like working with the most gifted students in the school academically. They know so much. They demand so much from us as teachers and as coaches. And they immediately can call bullshit on you if they know you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you coach the best high school players in the country. Uh, incredible job, incredible thing to have, but what a challenge, right? Well, obviously, it's you know everybody would like to be able to coach some of the, the terrific players we've had, and um, you know it's it's a great place to start. And I would rather have that than obviously less talent. Mm-hmm. But there's different challenges uh, on you know different groups you get. Obviously, when you have a really talented player, there's a, a there's big challenges. There's great expectations of some of those guys, and often there those are guys that may be more gifted with size or athleticism and or strength. And that doesn't necessarily mean their understanding of concepts and their overall understanding of the game or their work ethic often is always as strong because they may have been gifted where it was easier for them to have success without having to work extremely hard. You know, so that's a a challenge in today's world with young guys having the opportunity to make money quick. There's also, you know, the to, to get them to understand and be transparent with them of the number of guys that are ranked high as young kids who fail and don't make it, don't meet the expectations. And I think that's a big thing that we try to do here at Montbird is be very clear and very honest with them of, Hey, you're a really good player now, but you know, we grade them on about 30 categories. Uh, if they were an NBA player today, and, wow. hey, you're a four shooter for high school, but you're a three shooter for an NBA player. You know, you're, you know, your length, your speed, your quickness. And we, we, we rank the whole thing. And try to be very honest 
with them this past week. We went back to 2010 and 11 and 12 and went through the draft. And in their locker room, we have all the players highlighted who were in the NBA one year or less that were in the top 30 in those three years. And it's an amazing number of players who were ranked really high who played one year or never played in the NBA. Out of those roughly 90 players that we picked, there's a great number of them that never played in the NBA or played less than one year who all 90 thought they were sure locks for the NBA. <laughs> you know? So I've been, I've been to many of your practices and workouts at your incredible facility there. And, you know, you have an incredible staff of coaches that work with these guys. Player development, which is one of my biggest things that I believe in, and that's what you're talking about, how do you develop, that's really the focal point of where you start, right? Yeah, I, I think without question. I, to me, in any business um, that's really successful, it's paying attention to the details, which is you know often fundamentals and repetition. Um, and in today's world, using video uh you know, uh, my one son, Kevin Boyle Jr., does a terrific job with us with video. Uh, he, he does, a, you know, every single play you have here, he will break down on video. He'll show you two clips of the plays. The second clip will be a caption of what was done correctly or what was done incorrectly. And then the third clip will be a, a college or NBA player similar to you showing you to do it right if there was correction needed. You know, so a lot of kids learn better that way. Most kids don't watch full college or NBA games. They're watching highlights. You know, so we're trying to, you know, utilize that. But, you know, I think the detail is really important. I don't think basketball is rocket science. Mm -hmm. I think it's old school fundamentals, details. And, you know, everybody can get any drill off the Internet. Sure. But probably one out of ten guys really follow the drill if it's presented, uh, you know, good. Uh, really follow the detail of the drill. And they're, you know, the same four coaches, you know, you see a complete different drill by four different guys running the same stuff in the, in the intensity of it, in the game likeness of it, and in the detail of it. And to me, that's one of the things where we feel our guys have mostly met or exceeded their expectations, you know, um, because of those things. We, 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 we feel we've, you know, helped the, the guy that was, you know, a borderline first-round pick, be a lottery pick, a guy that was a second-round pick, be a first-round pick, a guy that was maybe not on the board being the conversation or playing overseas in Europe. You know, so we think most of the guys have met or exceeded their expectation. And mostly we think because of the emphasis on culture as a school team and details and fundamentals. You know, I, I came, I, I'm, I was just thinking back as you were talking, I, I think I came to your senior night uh, just before COVID hit, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes is senior night. Um, and, and I think you were maybe playing Scotlandville, my team from Baton Rouge, you know, and uh, with a great, great coach and, and uh, always a state champ here. And uh, you annihilated my friends that night. Uh, but to watch the greatness of, you know, basically four players, you know, that end up being first round picks this year play together just as like, you know, just as incredible, like a well-oiled college or pro team, selfless, you know, just an incredible culture. How do you do that with guys that are now in today's me game? How do you do that, Kev? 
Well, again, I think it's one we really try to sell to them that, you know, the importance of you all want to be, you know, let's be honest, you know, most of the kids want to play basketball if they can after high school, after college, and if they can make money for it. And we're fortunate enough to get a, a good percentage of kids that have an opportunity to do that if they, if they develop correctly. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, I think the part is it's the end game that matters for you. Your development matters. Understanding how you can fit in, who you could be like, and to understand that, you know, in today's NBA game, you know, you have to be a complete player. There are some exceptional scorers, but most of the guys that are making it are guys that, you know, one, shooting is an incredible value, but two, also being able to be a complete player that you can guard multiple positions that you're a good ball handler, you know, from, from two, you know, from one, two, four, that you're versatile on the perimeter, not even maybe even one to five, that you're versatile on the perimeter. You have a good understanding and concept. So the more things you're good at, the better chance it gets you on the court. If you're not the best or second best player, you know, you know, now you're going to be, uh, you know, we use Trey, we use, uh, not Trey, we use, um, um, can't even think right now. The, the, the big guy from the uh, Clippers, uh, Who's our best guy from the Clippers? Uh, uh, Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's with the San Antonio Spurs, and he has to come in and play a different role when you have Tim Duncan, Tony uh, uh, Parker, mm-hmm. and Ginobili when he's young. But he guards, he rebounds, he plays a role. He has negotiating power to develop his offense because he does those other things. Siakam, you know, terrific defender. All of a sudden, he does and rebounds and really guards. But because he's versatile, he gets a chance to compete and keep playing, you know, and, and then has a little negotiating power on occasional shot he wants to expand on or develop on. But, you know, a lot of guys don't realize that, you know, you're a leading scorer in college, but you're not going to be that in the pros. How, how can you get on the court right away? Do you have a complete game? So we really sell that to them as a better chance for them to make it if they, if they learn how to share, if they learn how to play, you know, with others. And I think that that uh, helps. And then we're also honest with them. Like, hey, you're, you know, you're this guy there, that guy there. He's a six man. He's the eighth man. He's better than you, mm-hmm. you know. So you're going to have to fight to make it. You're not going to be a star level player. You're going to have to play in this type of a role if you want to make the league. And, you know, sometimes just being pure honest with guys, it, it, it could be helpful. Some guys don't get that message. And we've had one or two of those over the years. And, and both guys I'm, I can think of, really struggled after leaving here because they just didn't accept, you know, that type of knowledge that they weren't a Ben Simmons. They weren't a D'Angelo Russell. They were really good and probably could make it, but they weren't going to make it as the first or second option on NBA team. And so, uh, you know, I, I totally agree. Truthfulness uh, with players is, is such a key thing. Uh, but I find a lot of coaches, high school, college, and pro even worse High school guys, I think, are very honest, most of them. Uh, it takes courage to do that to your best player. and But that's the difference, right, Kevin? Yeah, you know, I, again, we, 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 you know, and I know it's hard when you're, when you're starting off and you have a good player and he, he could go to other schools or yeah. leave. You know, maybe it's a little bit easier for us now because we have enough kids that want to be here. But we've, you know, even when I was younger at St. Pat's, we were always, you know, we just kind of, we were gonna. You were gonna go real hard. Practice every day. You were gonna. You were gonna be part of the group. And you know, when you were in the gym with us, you were gonna work and and develop and follow our direction. And there was no hard feelings. If it wasn't for you, doesn't mean we can't still be friends. But mm-hmm. we couldn't be friends here. 
<laughs> you're gonna, you know, you can be a friend from a different club, a different team. Like that, that. you know, we're gonna have our, our ways, and you know, um, you know, sometimes you had certain guys who said, "Oh, you can play hard here and there." But we, you often say we didn't really have much of a problem with that because we just weren't going to accept that, and it wasn't going to be nasty. It was just going to be if, if you don't want to really push out. You know, you know, we, we don't believe you could be a pro if you don't learn to work harder, and we're not doing the right thing for you if we don't get you to that point. And, you know, usually they understand that and they speak and they, they agree with you. And then you bring it back to them. Like, you, you told me you understood this. You told me you can't be a pro if you don't work real hard and develop defensively. And if I let you do that in practice, I'm really not doing the right thing for you. And see, I'm going to still I'm gonna win some games with you, but I'm not getting you better. It's better for me to let you go and let you do that. Some, and it's bad for our culture if I let you do that and don't work real hard and don't, you know, you know compete every day. You know, it holds you to, you know, uh, you know the same standards as the rest of the guys. With some rare exceptions that, you know, uh, you know, and you, maybe you're going to a trip to a McDonald's game or something like that. But for the most part, you know, you're under the same guidelines and rules as everybody else. You know, one of the things I've always been impressed with your teams over the years is how well they defend. And I think, you know, if you can get really talented guys to guard people, uh, you know, the sky's the limit on your team, uh, you know, uh, has that always been something back to your St. Pat's days when you started coaching that defense was always going to be front and center? Well, it's funny. I had a lot. I had Bill Rafferty recruited me at Seton Hall. Bill and never, and left, Bill never guarded yeah. anyone as a player, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't learn that from Bill. We learned how to shoot from Bill. <laughs> but, but we ended up having, you know, he left about a month into the season and then Hadi Mahan took oh. over and then I had PJ for a year uh-huh. and then I transferred to St. Peter's and had a guy, Bob Duquette, and Teddy Fury. So yep. I had four different head coaches for some part of my college oh. five-year career. And, you know, so I got to learn from some guys who were outstanding teachers and basketball guys and kind of take a little bit different things from each guy that I thought was good. Uh, Bob Duquette is actually uh, terrific. You know, good friend. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, more of a defensive guy. A lot of drills, not, you know, you, and I've kind of copied probably the most from him mm-hmm. where, you know, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll usually, you know, do, you know, eight, 10, 10, two, three minute breakdown man to man defensive drills, you know, with high intensity one to the other, then go to like a team concept defensive drills. And then often something I've always believed heavily in, and I really recommend this for anybody coaching youth or high school or college, that, you know, you got to say, hey, what's the best three or four teams we have to defeat? Mm-hmm. And let's actually run their main plays ourselves. We may not choose to use our team, but let's say the team runs, you know, the old UCLA offense or the old Detroit Pistons where, you know, you would screen uh, the the uh, do more than uh, yeah, Johnson and, yeah. you know, and then and then, and then have a weak side triangle and a and a you know empty ball screen on the on the on the ball side mm-hmm. you know and whatever the patterns are and say hey these are the common sets you know first let's practice guarding common sets that a lot of teams run these three or four or five and then let's say we're going to get another ten plays that are common plays that our best three teams in our league use and we're not going to tell our team we're working on guarding. IMG sets right now, who's a competitor of ours, but we're going to say, hey, we're going to look at their four plays. They run a lot, mm-hmm. and we may even use them and say, today we're going to practice these four sets for a minute in offense to start practice. So we're running them really good ourselves. 
So we're running them close to as good as they can in, in detail, even if we don't choose to use them. Yet we're able to practice guarding them every fourth day, every fifth day. And now you're, you've seen that play a lot in practice. So you're not, you're not scouting a day before the game, two days before the game, and trying to run seven plays the team's running and not nearly your second team running at anything close to how their team's running, and, you know, when you're trying to guard it live in practice. So I think that helps, you know, guarding those things and, you know, uh, having an advantage of knowing what those guys, you know, are trying to do. Um, but that's always been the emphasis for me is, you know, defense can keep you in games and defense can also, you know, make you the aggressor and take people out of their comfort zone. I love that. And uh, just to emphasize what Kevin said, uh, after my first year with uh, Chuck Daly in Detroit, uh, we went to taking the very best plays of the our, our opponents and that became our shell drills uh, when you have your back in the day 28 days of training camp that's all we worked on we didn't work on four and four shell we worked on five on five with the other team's best plays were what we ran as the shell defense and our team just which was great defensively to start with really got better. So, Kevin, I love that. That's a great sharing point for, for coaches. After this quick timeout, we're going to come back with Kevin Boyle to expl- talk about some of the unbelievable players that he's had both at St. Patrick and Mountford. We'll be right back after this timeout. Prepare like the pros with the new Fast Draw. Fast Draw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and playbank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. Kevin Boyle, Mountain Verde. Kevin, um, you know, I was looking uh, the other day. This year in the draft in July, it seems funny to say draft in July, um, you know, you had four kids that were drafted in the first round. What a thrill for you, huh? Yeah, it was a great thrill for, you know, personally myself, our basketball staff and and the uh, school, obviously, as well. Uh, and more than anything for the players and their families. Sure. You know, so we were we were able to get uh, from the it's amazing four guys from the same team were yep. drafted in the first round. And then we had seven overall players drafted in the two rounds um, from some of our other uh, teams in the last couple of years. So we had. You know, Kate Cunningham was the number one pick. Uh, you know, Scotty Barnes was the number four pick. Moses Moody was 14. Aaron Sharp, I think he was 29. And then we had three guys in the 50s. And Philip Petrusha, who was from Serbia and played at Gonzaga for a year and then played overseas for a year. Uh, Bolsa, who was, you know, uh, really developed nicely at Florida State. And Sandro from Seton Hall, who, you know, I think might even stick with the Bucks. You know, just had a great career at Seton Hall and being Big East Player of the Year. So we had seven guys of, of the 60 players drafted. So it was just, a, you know, really, uh, the, the school was really excited about that. And, you know, especially that, that one group of, you know, Kane's team, 
you know, it's hard to say that wasn't the best high school team ever. When you look at, you know, they were all seniors at the same time. Yeah. Um, with, with the team they had, you know, plus they also had, you know, uh, Kate Cunny, uh, Caleb Houston, Houston, who's at uh, Michigan now and could be a lottery pick. Wow. Tariq Whitehead, who will go to Duke next year, who could be a lottery pick. Langston Love, who's at Baylor and may start. And, and, uh, and Ryan Emhart, who will start at Creighton. Besides those four guys in the same team, uh, and almost all juniors and seniors in the same year, so you know I think that was uh, you know really uh, probably the best team of, of talent uh, that's played high school at one time, um, you know, and I think it was clear in their in their games where you know I think Tomato was number two when we played them and we were I think up by thirty nine and you know the, the Patrick School I think we mercy ruled them when they were number three in the country paybacks uh, are a bitch know, so, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you, know, you had the clock running against some teams uh, that were top five in the country. Um, you know, because the score was so different with with uh, you know other teams were really talented players. So, and, that and you know, the, you know, so anyway, that was just you know exciting year for us with the draft. Kevin, when uh, when you get your kids in there, and and, and for those that don't know, Mount Verde, uh, most most or if not all your players are boarding students at the school, which has both commuters and boarding students. It's in the suburbs of Orlando. Uh, so uh, what's a normal time that these kids uh, do the living on campus that they can get in besides their tremendous academics, which says, which Mount Verde has, what, what is a, what's a normal day for, you know, a, a kid at your place as far as being able to step on the court and get at practice and or shots up afterwards, you know? Well, it's, it's not as, you know, it's, it's, Pretty strict because it's a you know definitely a, a academic school yep. first, and it's got a really good culture of you know of, of discipline of, of, of you know kind of doing the right thing around other kids and on campus and maturity. So it's it's a good place for kids to go to school. Uh, you know, both on the court and off the court, basketball wise. You know, we'll start this week with some AM stuff. Uh, for skill work and that will be really we'll, we'll select guys for that and we'll have some guys who will need additional conditioning to get them in condition to play at the level where you know that they need to get to you know over, over their careers or especially for this year to compete um at lunchtime we have a you know a we have a club period where our guys are in the in the gym so they have their they start the day at 7 45 during their regular classes to about 11:45, and they get about you know roughly 40 minutes of like skill work with us um, in the gym with, with a number of coaches, and you know that at that point we do that often we use that for a lot of shooting or finishing, so a, a finishing series of different you know types of shots around the basket, wrong foot, wrong, you know wrong hand, inside hand, you know a lot of the Villanova pivot stuff around the basket with regards to finish and score. Um, and then a lot of holding guys on screens and making sure the guy that, you know, went over the screen is kept on the side or kept behind us so we can let the play develop and have a five on four with the guard not being able to get back in front who was, who was guarding you when you got, you encountered a ball screen. Um, you know, so we'll do a lot of that and we'll do a lot of shooting in that time and we'll usually chart to shooting you know, from areas of the court in groups of 25 to, you know, make it competitive and also to make it where it's, uh, you know, pretty um, clear if you're not a great shooter, we could, you know, if somebody wants to, I had a kid a couple of years ago that left here that was a highly ranked player and 
he was shooting, you know, 28% from three at lunchtime with nobody guarding him. <laughs> Yet his people wanted him to shoot threes. So, um, you know, and, and it was just, you know, something like, hey, you know, you're shooting 28% with nobody guarding you. We're not running plays for you <laughs> to shoot threes. <laughs> you know, so it just doesn't work that way. So that was uh, unfortunately one of the guys who left here. And, 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 and he would have been a pro. It turned out bad for the kid. It was unfortunate. That's but, um, you know, the, but the, you know, so that's just, you know, some of the stuff that we're back in school to about 2.45. And then we have, um, you know, then we have practice from 3 to 6. Then they have dinner, then they have study hall uh, from seven to nine if they're not on the honor roll. Wow, that's fabulous. So, so it's a complete day. It's a lot of school, but um, you know, it's not a over amount of basketball. It's probably like the college thing. You're getting the skill session in, and you're getting a, you know a three hour basketball practice, and usually at least a 40, 40 minute skills skill session. You know, but that's more than enough. That, no, that's no, it's, that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kids are spent with that. They're worn out with that. But the idea of also the balance, uh, you know, of the academics there is so, so important. And so the, when you have to compete this year for the first time against overtime elite who's going after kids that either are on your team or or possibly wanting to come to Mount Verde, which is totally a different approach, how, how have you handled going, re, not recruiting against it because you're not, you know, doing that, What's your talk really with the student and to the parents? Well, you know, in, in some ways you may actually be, you know, recruiting, to get, recruiting your own guys to stay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, um, you know, we have of the five players we had that will start, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, four of them could have went to overtime. I know two of them were offered, you know, a substantial amount of money to leave. Um, or three of them, three of them. In, in Scott Clark, uh, Dylan Mitchell, who's a crazy athlete, so he'd be, you know, a highlight for one of those type of things. And then Derek Whitehead is going to Duke. So uh, we have a couple other guys that very well could have, you know, definitely are better than the number of players that were signed. You know, so we've had, you know, I would say five or six guys that would have probably had the opportunity. Um, you know, and, you know, these different types of things are going to come up. I just think that, you know, my biggest thing with the guys is, you know, you know, now with the NIL, mm-hmm. if you're an elite player, you're going to get a chance to make money the following year. But the bigger thing I look at is, you know, of, of a study that I've seen that was done of 151 players that were not drafted at Americans in the last five years, or were either not drafted or weren't drafted in the first round, they have played in the NBA in the last five years with 151 Americans, 135 went to college for three years. So 85% of the non-drafted. And so if you're not a one and done, you know, automatic, it's a very big risk because mm-hmm. you're going to lose your college eligibility. And, you know, you look at Peyton Pritchard, you look at Reynolds at Villanova who's in the league, you know, and there's a bunch of other guys mm-hmm. that would have never been NBA players, you know, as 19 year old. 18 year old, you know, sure. early 20, you know, and with that being said, they weren't even ready for the G league. You know, those guys, if you're at a high school and you're one year in, the, in, in overtime and you go to the G league or you, first of all, you hope you get selected to be in the G league. First of all, you got to be sure. selected. That'd be good. Secondly, that's about, a, that's about a $40,000 job, not a $200,000 job. The third, you can easily lose confidence and be exposed 
and hurt your development and, you know, uh, mentally, physically, and just become a guy that now you're stuck playing in, you know, playing in English, England or Ireland for a Scottish egg and a couple of pints of beer, you know, and that's your, your career. And, don't, don't you know, do this to our Irish heritage, Kevin, you're and me, mine. <laughs> come on now. We, we pay better but, than that know, now, don't we? But uh, you know, I'm, I know, you know what I'm you're saying. saying. If you're sure. not good enough to play in the G League, then you're not good enough to play elite overseas. So you're really looking at some square leagues of, you know, you, you know, you call yourself a pro, but you're playing in a league where other guys work during the day. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a true pro and the other guys on your team are like construction workers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, so but it becomes the thing that, and how many kids are going to go back to college at that point? They're still chasing the dream, and who's going to help you get into college? Who's going to help you with your schedule? Who's going to help you with your tutors? There's no college you're playing for, you know. So I think it's just a very dangerous thing for a lot of kids. That there's going to be some success stories, but I think there's going to be a lot of tragic stories yeah. of kids that. You know, would have probably become better overseas players or had a chance to be NBA players. The top four or five kids, you know, your your Tim Thomas, your Al Harrington, your Kobe Bryant, your Jermaine O'Neal, they're going to make it if they went to overtime, if they went to Australia, sure. if they went to Russia, they're going to end up in the league. Some of these other guys are really causing themselves careers. Or it's the development, too. I look at R.J. Barrett with the Knicks. R.J. Barrett had great success at Montverde, and he scored. He had a lot of, he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of success in his drawer when he opened that drawer. He went to Duke. He had a lot of success from Duke. Now he goes to the Knicks. He's drafted high, so he's not going to get put in a G League. He's not going to get ever played with. He knows where he's going to be. He also knows the team's going to invest at least two years of trying to see if he could be a high-level NBA player, if not three years. You know, so he averages 14 year one, doesn't shoot a great three three. There's some questions on that. 14 is good, but you're on a team losing by 30. So is it real? Is it not real? Still some questions. But the next year he goes, he starts two for 22 from three, ends up shooting 40% for the year from three, averages 18 on a playoff team, and now looks like he's going to have a terrific, terrific career. But part of that, when I talked to him, is like, you know, he was so confident, even when he starts bad shooting this year after being questioned the year before, to rebound and shoot 40% from three, which is phenomenal. And it was a lot of it was his mental state and his former confidence that he's had from success. And that's why I tell some of these guys, if you haven't had success at certain levels developing and you're going to try to develop in the G League on the job, in college basketball on the job, you know, it's a harder place to develop if you're still supposed to be a high school kid. And now you get, you know, now you're making some jump shots at the big guy as a high school kid. You have some room for error to develop and for our coach to take some chances and risk with you that we may not have in those scenario. Um, you know, and we, we have some room for error here. I can have a big guy here do some things I wouldn't have if it was UCLA and Texas playing tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a G League, you know, for game. You know, so I can let, you know, a guy take a step back as a big because he's getting 10 rebounds and he's getting five dunks, you know, but I can't do that in a game where it's Duke and North Carolina and experiment with you and let you, let you grow in the game, you know, and then your confidence can get eaten up at that level, you know, so and that's just a big thing, you know, you're, you're, and the perception of who you can be, and I'll tell a big guy, hey, listen, you could do that and you, you'll go, but you might make $27 million, $33 million. But you could have made three hundred and fifty million. You could have made two hundred and twenty million. 
you know, you're taking the cake out of the oven before it's baked, and it's going to collapse. Good call. You know, you're skipping steps, and you're going to fall. And, you know, you're going to cost yourself a lot of money, if not all the money that you can possibly make. You know, Kevin, when you, you know, Kevin, when you were coaching, uh, let's say at St. Patrick's, and and you know you have a kid like you know Kyrie and stuff, could can you, <clears throat> as their high school coach, envision what they're going to become? Can is it is it can is that? Not, it's not easy to do, but can you see it? Well, I, you know. I think the more you're around, the, uh, you know, it's like experience, the more you're around, yeah. you know, it's, you know yeah. it's a job and you're around certain workers, you can start seeing who's going to, who shines a little more and what the different reasons may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more experience I had in coaching, like now it's fairly not worth the easy, but you know, I feel that I'm very, you know, get, feel very accurate and confident in who's going to be where in their levels of college or professional, you know, and I think right now, we're in a scenario where with, you know, I remember with Kyrie Irving, you know, that was, when I was at St. Pat's a little bit. I was around the high school level playing against the better teams a lot. You know, I think right now we're at a situation, um, where, um, where, you know, we're at a situation where when Kyrie was coming up, for example, my son was talking about it the other day to the kids on the team that, because he was talking about social media and how people used to attack each other more in the metropolitan area of high school. They were like coming at kids. And he was saying, hey, my father got killed by people because he said that Kyrie Irving, before he's done, will be the best guard ever to play in New Jersey and he's going to be a great pro. And people were, you know, like killing him on the line. How could you say that? How could you say he's going to be better than other guards in New Jersey? And, you know, it was just something that, you know, I recognize that it's, skill level, his feel for the game, his his ability, his touch, his ability to finish around the rim with both hands, you know, um, and I just thought that I was confident saying that. And, you know, but but it's kind of like now, you know, again, you could we do a lot of work on trying to look at a player and say, who could he be like? Yes. Uh, who's he similar to? And not that yet. you want to be yourself. It's just like coaching. You want to be yourself, but you don't want to be dumb. If I if somebody's doing stuff that's really good, you might want to copy a lot of it, or you know, you might want to tweak it a little bit for your personnel, mm-hmm. or tweak it a little bit, and you say, "Hey, that's a great play," but maybe we could add this to it, and now it ends better mm-hmm. if, the, if the first option doesn't work. So you try to do those things, but I think overall, um, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, somebody's doing something great, you want to model it and, and see if you could uh, keep it as good as he's doing it, or maybe possibly make it better. So. Um, you know, I think right now uh, I'm at a point where, you know, we get a pretty good understanding because we play against all the best high school teams and all the best players we see almost every year several times. You know, pretty good understanding of who could make it or, mm. you know, and like we'll tell a guy now, like, you're in danger. You're a sophomore. We'll tell you you're ranked number three, number five. You are the guy that doesn't make it. Your body type, your size, your lateral movement. You need to de- desperately start doing this immediately or you're in trouble. You know, we could see that with some of our guys, you know, that, hey, we need to, you know, you could be the big guy who can't switch on a ball screen. You could be the big guy that can't, you know, stay out to a stretch four, you know, and, and that you're going to be exposed and you're going to be screened on left and right, and you're not going to be probably good enough offensively to come, to get 25, where they're going to let you play in the NBA if they're giving up points left and right, you know, especially in today's game, where this usually over and over again as a screen. 
Kevin, um, you know, the, the great thing about, you know, having you as a friend and also <clears throat> understanding the greatness that you've coached and the, the greatness of the the teams that you put together, not just the individuals. Uh, it's one of those things where you and I could talk all day. In fact, we will in the near future. I'm going to come and spend a few days with you just to learn and get a little better and smarter myself. But I, I can't thank you enough what you're doing for uh you know, coaches around the world, because you are one of the great teachers of the game. Uh, you are not a great recruiter. You are a great coach that has, as Chuck Daly said once when he got a, why are you a great coach, Chuck? Chuck said, I'm not a great coach. I'm a good coach when I have great players. But you, my friend, are a great coach, a terrific teacher, most importantly, a phenomenal pe- person that really grows young people. And I think that's the most important job maybe that you have. So I thank you so much for sharing today. It's it's fantastic, Kev. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, and I look forward to seeing you soon when you're back in Florida. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. I just love talking with him. Uh, I could talk ball with him all day. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to go down and watch his team's practice, it's incredible. Uh, think about the best college practice you've ever been to times two. Uh, you put him up there with Power 5 coaches, the Jay Wrights of the world, the Cal Parries and stuff. He's on that level as a coach. Uh, just spectacular uh, teacher, coach, person. Has the whole package. Hey, uh, listen, make sure uh, you, you go. We've had a phenomenal response uh, to our Coaching You videos. Uh, go online, order these today because I think you're really, you know, the coaches that have just responded saying, I, I just had three women coaches yesterday who, who were able to get the videos and how it's helping them prepare for their season. To get to listen to the great Taylor Jenkins of Memphis Grizzlies, Nick Nurse, Stephen Silas, Phil Handy. You talk about a great player development person. Sean Sweeney, one of the top assistants in the NBA. Adrian Griffin, going to be a head coach in a year. Great defensive mindset and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Go on to coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 videos. Coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 videos, $275, 14 videos, plus an incredible package of player development coaches that we've had there. Some of the very, very best, the Gannon Bakers, the Joe Abunasars, uh, just incredible teachers that I think will make you and your players better. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 